It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Hawks finally took a step in the right direction. And good news for Braves country, Max is on the mend. And I think more good news for Braves country because Braves Rays, one, two, I don't think it's that close. And last but not least in for the culture, Kiki Ursher. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day One your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day One is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, I'll, under, well, I'll let you know that the Braves Already made an addition after the All-Star break, and you will be very excited about who that may be. But first, T, we have to talk about DeJounte Murray. We were talking about what does loyalty mean for DeJounte Murray? What does loyalty mean for the Atlanta Hawks? All of that good stuff, the cryptic tweets and all that good stuff. It seems like it was for a reason because the Atlanta Hawks have signed uh, DeJounte Murray. and said the news will become official at some point today. Four years, $138 million, T, which includes the last year of his original contract. How about that? Did they able to get this deal done, but do you think this, this was a fair deal for both sides? Yeah, I think much fairer than I thought it was just yesterday. That was my issue, whether or not he was leaving so much money, so much money on the table yeah. versus what he could get next year in free agency. Now, don't get me wrong. He still left a lot on the table, but yeah. I feel like the deal is a little bit better, at least at 120 for four years. And I, while I wish the player option from, and that's just a personal thing from a business perspective, course, would have been yeah. cool if the player option would have been a little bit earlier in, but Hey, it's 2027, 2028 as it stands. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that it is about as fair a deal as you can get, right? If your goal is to stay with the Hawks, and build something here and you believe that something can be built here and from the hawks perspective hey you're still looking at the apron strings and you're not trying to pull them too much too much if you will and this deal allows that to happen for you and maybe i don't know if it allows you to get a top tier player but it may and most of them are gone anyway at this point but it at least gives you the opportunity to maybe get somebody who's bumping up to top tier should that power forward still be out there yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, getting DeJounte under contract for the long term, it kind of confirms to me that, you know, there were some dealings as to whether or not Travis Lank made this move or he was responsible for this move. And we know that for a fact he did not want to do it. So it, it kind of confirms that the other people behind the scenes, whoever that was when he was still here, this is confirms that this was their plan, right? They traded for these guys, gave up all these assets, three first-round picks, two unprotected, and to bring DeJounte Murray in to pair him with Trey Young. So now I feel like the Hawks, I can kind of see where they're going, right? Yes. But we still don't know if, they, if it's going to work or not. 
Right. We don't know that. We'll, we shall see. And, I, and I'm leaning towards it working because of, of what we've been talking about, about the best free agent addition that for, for, the team, for this team, and that's been Quinn Schneider. Like, yes. I feel he, he has a very unique way of establishing relationships with his guys. And to be honest with you, I thought it was – I don't think it's a coincidence that he's from Seattle as well. You know, DJ is from, from, from Seattle. So those guys – you know, I was talking with Andy Bunker. Uh, I got Andy yes, the other day, and he was talking about how people from the south side of Seattle are very special people. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if you're from the south side, but you yeah. seem like it because I, I like DJ yeah. too because yeah. I've been impressed with this guy. I've said he's a different type of guy ever mm-hmm. since I got a chance to talk with him after that, first, that home opener team. And I was just like – this dude is different. He's built different. He's different from a lot of guys that they had on the roster at the time. And I feel like he's going to be a type of guy that people are going to get behind. You're going to understand that he's the leader, one of the leaders of this team, if not the leader of this team. And I, and you understand wholly why Landry Fields and, and this regime got this deal done. Right. And for me, it was the work that I did as an in-game analyst for the Hawks. And every time the Spurs came to town, I was like, oh, God. Is he playing again? Please to the game. Stop DeJounte Murray. Yes. And even though I had to give, you know, two minutes worth of keys to the game at pregame and halftime, no, it's it's the same. Stop him. And I think this is a good look as well because you only had a small sample size. And one of the things that Quinn Snyder said during that small sample size, recall when DJ was out a couple games, we have to put together players to be able to accommodate for what we lose when he's not in the game. That's a powerful Mm. statement from Quinn Snyder, right? So I think that speaks volumes to how Quinn Snyder views him. And the other piece is this. I mentioned it yesterday. I'm going to mention it again today. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, their numbers may have gone down in certain spaces, but where their numbers stayed the same, they did something historic, is in point to assist. Their point ratio to assist ratio was has only been bested in the entirety of the association by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Tell me if that's not a backcourt that you want to build on in terms of being able to have some some statistical analysis or comparison. So I like the fact that, yes, keep the backcourt stable. You now have the likes of a Kobe Bufkin who can give you some quality minutes as well. You still have Bogdan Bogdanovich when you go to that second unit. And of course, DJ did a fantastic job as well of ushering over the second unit when Trey would go out and he would, you know, run point. So I do think that at the end of the day, they've got it. But I also think, just so we're clear, they still haven't done enough to compete in the Eastern Conference because this just, this makes you even. It just makes you even in your security of your backcourt. Your frontcourt still needs help. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would agree with you on that um, to a point. Because here, here's why I say that, because I, I like the development of Jalen Johnson and, and Sadiq Bay last year in those 20-some-odd games that they got a chance to work with Quinn Snyder. So if you're telling me one of those guys is going to be the starter, you know, and I feel like whoever is not a starter, you're going to have a quality guy coming off the bench in that role, right? So, and I'm not saying that I would like for them to get add to that room, right? We talked about Grant Williams, who ended up going to – the yeah. uh, Dallas Mavericks, you know, on a sign and trade. And, and I like the idea of bringing add into that room. So if they can find someone who, to add to that room, I feel like they will be on the, on the ascension to being one of those teams in the, in the Eastern Conference. Because to be honest with you, I don't think the Boston Celtics got better. 
You know, you, you trade away a defensive player, a year type player in Marcus Smart, and you bring in Christoph Porzingis, a guy who who may give you 55, 60 games. I know he had a really good year this past year, but when you're talking about competing Eastern Conference and the Boston Celtics have been there, they have been that squad, right? Yeah. And, and I think that when you trade away a heart and soul type player like a Marcus Smart, and I'm not still, I'm still not showing on, on Joe Mazzula as the head coach. Yeah. And if that's the that's the bar, I really feel like the Hawks may have gotten a little bit closer towards the Celtics versus the Celtics kind of moving and establishing themselves as the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference going but in. See, I don't feel like the Celtics have established themselves as a clear favorite because we have to remember. I don't either. That, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. mm-hmm. was not yeah. Giannis last year, so that no. was a big part of the exit of the Bucks. There, yeah, there's still a Chris lot. Chris Middleton and, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and he and the Heat they are still the front runners to get Dame Lillard. And I do believe that now, if they that happens, now we're talking have no conversation exactly. to you. <laughs> so that's where my mind is going. And also, yeah, they, yeah, they allow, you know, Max Struess to, to walk or whatever, but I still think they're the team that's tinkering enough to be able to be the team to beat. And I just feel like, yeah, you've got maybe a cadre at the four, but at the three, I still think, I don't, you got to get more out of that out, out of the three. I, I just still don't think DeAndre Hunter is the complete answer. But if you can't get anybody else, then I mean, yeah, you go with that. And I think Clint Capella. The only thing I would say with that is you just you just need you just need to be aware that if a center comes available now or even at the trade deadline, and you can go for him, a center that is built more along the Nikola Jokic. Bane, where you can get something from the program. Yeah, and I say of the Bane, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to get in the same realm. But if yeah, there you go in the realm. If you can get that guy somehow, then yeah, that's why I say I don't think that they're, I don't think that they really are much improved. I still think there's work to do. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely as of today. No, I'm not saying they're Eastern Conference contender, but I'm saying they are taking the step in the right direction, and that's all you can ask at this point in this offseason. Now, T, we have started with the baseball season. We're going to talk a little baseball coming up next about who's the free agent addition that the Braves could potentially have after the All-Star break. But first, I have to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. Why don't you take your first swing with on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. Man, how about that? That's $200. You can spend betting on everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to be the first home run. You know, the Braves are killing it. 91 runs in the first inning, leading the major leagues by a long shot. All you got to do is just put your money. They're going to be nephew Ronnie, um, Matt Olson. Go ahead and bet your money right now and go to fandu.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fandu.com slash locked on. FanDuel, it is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Well, Jarvis, a lot of people are wondering where, when, and how to bet on the Falcons. And they can start figuring it out because you know what is 18 days away? Training camp. We're also seven Saturdays away from the start of college football. But you know what's going on right now. And the hottest team in baseball is getting it done. And 
all eyes are on them, it's the Braves. Of course, they take on the Rays this weekend in a pivotal matchup that we'll talk about in a moment. But we got some good news on Thursday about Max Freed. He'll begin a minor league rehab assignment. It'll be Sunday. It'll be with Triple A Gwinnett. And the game is against Omaha at like 105. And for me, I think, and Braves country, I would say overall, that's just a good sign that he continues to progress, that he's getting that rehab assignment, and we're getting that much closer to getting an ace back. Yeah, and and that's going to be almost like you you going out and trading for somebody because you're talking about the Cy Young runner-up. You're talking about a guy who's been – we've been hearing how he's been thrown off to the side and been yes. kind of ramping up to this right now. And, you know, originally we thought that he was going to be August, you know, yes. before we saw uh, Max Free come back up. But, you know, and – um, but now it seems like maybe towards the end of the month, the middle, um, the end of the month, we may see him get that, you know, that that first start because um, the, the Atlanta Braves want to have him, you know, get a few starts under his belt before they um, bring him up, which make all the sense in the world because at yes. the end of the day, there's no rush because what nope. the, the the Braves have been what thirty six and seventeen since um he and Kyle Wright went out, so hey, they've been doing okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. they've, been, they've been they've been they've been holding it down. So I think that right. when you think about you know getting this guy back at the end of July around that time, like that is going to be huge for the Atlanta Braves, and I really feel like. You know, you talked about those differences in that 2021 team. Like you said, Ronald Cooney not being around. That's the exact opposite of that. He's playing at the MVP type level. And then you yes. get Max Free right after the All-Star break, T. Like, I'm not concerned about this team falling off at any point. If that's if Max Free comes back healthy, we can say a 90% um, Max Free. The Braves yeah. are going to be the team we're going to be talking about in October for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be talking about them. And really – they're the team that we should be talking about right now. The Braves, of course, are headed to Tampa. It's a face-off against the Rays, a battle of, quote-unquote, baseball's best, the top two teams, right? Big Big quotations. And the reason I, I put that out there like that is not to sound homerish, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, you're 58 and 28. Right. And you've won 10 of your last 11. That's the Braves. Right. And then you look, you juxtapose that with the now number two team in baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays. They are 57 and 33. But most importantly, they are on a five game losing streak. They also lost their ace. He's on the IL for 15 days, McClanahan. So those are some things that could factor in. Meanwhile, you look at what Brian Snicker talked about, what he was able to do in that last game against the Guardians. He got just enough out of Soroka and got a whole lot out of Michael Tomkin to be able to really, really tinkle, tinker with and maneuver this pitching staff, the rotation leading up to the all-star break. So I asked the question, laying out that foundation of what the Braves are right now and what the Rays are right now. If the Braves win this series, what statement does that make? If any, heading into the all-star break, the fake midpoint of the season. But if the Braves don't win the series, what statement does that make? If any, um, to be honest with you, I think whether they win or lose this series, I think I'm going to feel the same way. They're the best team in baseball, like at the end of the day, because you know I'm I'm feeling the same way I felt like because you know how coming into that Marlins series, right? Like everybody's like, oh, Braves, this is a big series, make a big statement. No, Marlins got to prove to that they're they they're going to make it a statement because, and I feel like the Rays are in the same way. The Rays have to prove that they are. 
you know, uh, the second team, second best team in the baseball in baseball. They all have to prove that they are real contenders because at the end of the day, the Braves got a World Series. They got two World Series under their belt and one back in 2021. And the Rays have been absolutely awful, you know, for a very long time. And they are finally competing with all these young players that they have, you know, uh, playing on well for them. Like you said, they lost the ace. That's a big thing. That's a big deal for a young team, right? Because at the end of the day, you know that, you know, when you have a, a young a young set of guys, but you also have a guy that can be the leader in that locker room, you know, and if that ace is gone now for going to be down for a quite time uh, for for quite a bit of time, and then you're on a on a losing streak as well. All those things kind of turn in the Braves' favor, right? Yes. Not that they need it, but right. I feel like that's that work, that's going to work in the Braves' favor and kind of continue to be show that hey, we're the best team in baseball, and there's no one from from whether you're looking at that lineup, one through nine, mm-hmm. no one can pe- compete with them in the entirety of Major League. Right. And when you look at the stats, if you will, the stats don't lie, right? right. 487 runs. And the Rays edge them a little bit in that regard, right, with 494 runs. But right. in every other category, hits, getting to second base, getting to third base, well, you already know home runs, They've knocked everybody out out of the park in that category as well. So everywhere that you look, um, your OPS, if you will, much higher. We're talking about 841 to 787. So you start to see some separation in some of the more important categories. And what their pitcher brings to the table even tonight, like, yeah, he's got a fastball, but we know what the Braves do with fastballs, right? Yeah. So I, mean, I think that to me is way, a long yeah, exa- right, exactly. <laughs> just, just as the guardians would happen yes. to them. Yeah. Indeed. In uh, that first inning. And that was even not even with the long ball. And that's why I wanted to kind of make note of the number of hits that they had, as well as that OPS. Right. Because yeah. that those are the numbers that start to kind of distinguish them from what the Rays are doing. And I think the other thing is this and we'll see. Because I'll I'll tell you this much. I think that with the Braves, not to say the Rays aren't on a mission, but I still feel like there's something about what happened last year. Mm. We don't talk about it a heck of a lot. They never talk about it. But I still say there's a motivating factor there. And I'm with you. I feel like whether the Braves win the series or lose the series, I don't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't really care. I'm more focused on as long as it's not a sweep. And as long as the Braves are competitive, like we tend to see them be even in a close game where they play it out either down to the end or extras, I am good. And most importantly, for the arms to remain, like you said, if they happen to get Max Freed back late in July, that'd be a wonderful thing. If the arms can just stay steady for him, right? If Charlie Morton can give him hopefully six innings and if he can get, uh, what, six or seven out of uh, Spencer Strider, we know that he totally can go for broke. Yes. He can go. go. (laughs) Not concerned. (laughs) No, like at all. So those are the things that I'm kind of thinking about as well that I want to see, because although you will get the all-star break, if you will, the other piece there is what happens to those arms kind of before you get to the break so that you get there comfortably and in a healthy way. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? When you, like you said, you, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, right? And those Bryce have been Elder, the yes. three, yeah, those have been the three most consistent guys that you have. You know, after that, you know, it's kind of been a, 
or, or spin the wheel of young guy who want who wants to have a chance. Jared Schuster, you know, AJ Smith Schauber, you know, Mike Soroka, you know, yes. trying to get get his life together, you know, and it seems like he's on his way back. And I yeah. I'm so rooting for him. I ain't mean for it to come out like that, but like I am rooting for this guy. So when you have those three on the mound and Morton, Strider, and, and Elder, those are guys that, you know, two of them are all stars T. So I think that, you know, the Rays are going to find themselves running to a nice little bit of a buzzsaw because at the end of the day, these bats are smoking. Like they said, they are the number one scoring team in the first inning. So if those – so you can give that, that that comfortability comes in when those guys come to the mound because they know more than likely they're going to have somewhat of a lead, whether yeah. they're leading out or they actually – you know, or going into the bottom of the inning. So I, I think that's um that's what gives me comfort. And I feel like, like I said, the Rays, y'all better get your – you better strap up because yeah. this is going to get real. Uh, um, it's going to get real, real fast. Yeah, because when you look at the hitting numbers, the Braves are leading in seven of the nine categories. And when you look at the pitching numbers overall, the Braves are ahead of Tampa as well, just in terms of wins, just a little bit ahead there. But in terms of getting quality games, getting starts, getting saves, innings pitched, whip, all of it, the Braves are in a better space. So I do think as much as we want the bats to be what they are, and especially in the beginning, right? So that those pitchers have the confidence that, hey, they're getting the run production that they're going to need. I feel like the Braves can also be confident that in just about every statistical category from a pitching staff perspective, they also best the Rays. But we we shall see. This is going to be a very, very interesting and intriguing matchup heading into the All-Star break. Tell us what you guys think as well, our everydayers. Drop us some comments in the chat on YouTube. We want to know about that. What do you think about the DeJounte Murray trade uh, extension? Excuse me. That was one where, speaking of that, there were there was word just 48 hours ago that he was going to be a part of a trade. And now we're looking at him as being a mainstay in the Hawks backcourt. Let us know on YouTube, and, of course, download ATL Day Ones wherever you get your podcasts. But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different, T. Like, when you talk about social media and the Twitter, which I don't know if we're going to be referring to Twitter as the, the, the social media to go to when all these things go down, Cause you know I'm on threads, to you know I might, might have to get you on there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, already on there. So far. Oh, okay. I'm good. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> talking about, T. That's what I'm saying. You already on it. But anyway, Kiki Palmer and Ursha. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Ursha, because you know that's how we refer to him down here in Atlanta. You know that's how we get down. So uh, Kiki Palmer was at the concert. For those you don't know, she was at, she went to the concert to go see Usher. Usher decide, you know how you go into the audience, serenade folks. He even had 21 Savage, you know, singing his songs out there. So, you no, know, everybody getting vibing, right? Getting good vibes. So, he chews Kiki Palmer, walks up to her, serenades a little bit. She sings a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They vibing. You know what I'm saying? You know, then she turns around and uh, shows everybody, you know, what she's working with just a little bit with the dress she had on. And uh, – Somebody didn't like it uh, to the point, Mr. Darius. Let's we're gonna call him Darius. You know, we're gonna use his first name. We're gonna put the whole government out there. He uh, had a problem with it, T, and he is. And I just found out by doing my research that he is the father of their child. You know, they had a family together and all that stuff. So he had an issue with her. You know, showing off the assets and you know vibing with Usher. But he decides to put it out on social T, like, like. 
I mean, if by you nodding your head, I feel like we understand where this kind of went left. Yeah, I, I just I'm so confused because I follow her on Instagram and it seemed like a very loving, very cohesive, very equitable or equal relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if that's the case and they seem to really like each other as people, Darius yeah. Jackson. So I'm putting his entire name out there <laughs> because when you put her on front street, you already know yeah. you're about to be put way on front as well. So for me, I just think that's the kind of thing you handle in-house. Right. And somebody, I heard this on yes. our guy, uh, Dylan's show uh, earlier today, right. The hometown take, he had a caller who said, well, you know, my wife and I, we don't allow for that because like, she wouldn't let me wear pants that are too tight that show, you know, what it shouldn't show. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. let her wear um, a dress. And I thought to myself, see, caller, you missed the boat. They, they're they not married. OK, <laughs> that's a baby mama and a baby daddy. That's just the reality. Of, now right? we're talking. <laughs> yeah, so you got to be really, really careful about the bar that you set for essentially yes, a baby yes. mama and a baby daddy, regardless yes. of if they're in a relationship, because you can break camp so easily with that. Oh, yeah. And you sit, you kind of feel like you have a little bit more freedom to say exactly what you want to say. Not excusing Darius Jackson, but I'm just saying that sometimes when people get out of pocket like that, it's a little easier when to get out of pocket when that's just your girlfriend or your boyfriend. That's number one. Number two, I'm not trying to sound like a hater because you know I'm not a hater of men. You know I never ever throw men under the Absolutely bus on a not. consistent. However, here's the thing. He showed you something, Kiki. You better take a look because if he was okay with putting you out there on social media he showed you, a, I don't want to say he showed you who he is, but he at least showed you a big part of who he is. That was very immature. That was very condescending and low key. There may be some jealousy there. I'm just saying. And, and when you think about it, T, like, I think you make an excellent point, right? You know, because at the end of the day, they're not married. She still filed single on her taxes. So, and that was, that's, that's how I used to joke with my, with my uh, now wife when we were dating. I was like, shoot, I still file single on my taxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't saying that, you know, just to kind of throw in the face, but I was just saying, like, just to put it in perspective, right? You know what I mean? Because that's how we got to look at this thing when, when, when it comes to dating. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we don't know. Like, there's no real commitment. There's commitment, but there's right. no real commitment. Yeah. You know, once you make that real commitment, you know, you stand up there before God and say, you know what? You know, I'm about to be here until the end. Yes. So, I, I really, I wholeheartedly agree with you when you talk about the whole red flag piece. Because here's the thing, you got to be, you got to know what you're dealing with. Yes. Like this is Kiki Palmer. Yes. She is protected by the ancestors. Yes, you know and not saying? just them. She and by Black Twitter. Over. You know what I'm saying? Yes. She, she was hand selected, hand picked, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but just to no, co-sign. No, no. Like, no, she's not even just. Yeah, Black Twitter came for him, but. Um, Who's the, the night show host? I'm looking at Jimmy Fallon. He Jim handpicked Fallon. her for one of the most popular game shows on NBC right now. So yep. she has great reach. Great yes. reach. Just saying. She's in a whole different realm of that. So yes. when you talk about that jealousy piece, that's a whole thing. Like there needs to be a real conversation because this incident, you know, they this is kind of like y'all can have a conversation about it. Okay, cool. But the real conversation, the longer conversation, if you want to become a real family, and you really want to make this commitment and you want to make this thing work, Darius, I'm talking to you right now because at the end of the day, man, you're the man in this relationship and you need to be able to establish yourself as being confident enough to be able to deal with somebody like this because this is just, when you look at the interactions, true enough, yeah, maybe she, if she, if she was married, like, oh, 
know. But I, like I said, I still want to say anything on, on social, yeah. social media because that's our business. When you yeah. put stuff out there like that, you give people room to comment yeah. and, and give their opinions of your relationship. And your relationship shouldn't be on display like that. So, right. so yeah, I think um, Kiki, you know, hey, keep doing you. You know what I'm saying? But but Darius, man, if you really want this thing to work, you want to be be the guy in this relationship to say, hey, you know what? I want us to be a family for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all connect right now, you know, 18 years at least. You know what I'm saying? But if y'all want to be a real, real, a real good one, you got to do what you got to do, my man. Yeah. And Kiki, you stay off social media providing feedback as well. And Darius, one more word for you in the words of that immortal genius, Kendrick Lamar. Sit down and be humble. Oh, we'll be back on Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday or someday next week. Jarvis and I are going to have a few people that we're going to throw your way in terms of guests and you don't want to miss it because, hey, sometimes we need a chance to reset too. So come back on Monday, come back next week and we'll talk Braves, we'll talk Hogs, we'll talk everything. Summer League, Braves going into that all-star break with those eight all-stars and all points in between. Take care. Enjoy the A this weekend and we will see you next week. And share love. Show love, and most importantly, spread some love over the weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.